You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls? Hang up the phone, prank caller, prank caller! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark, a.k.a. The Thomas Austin Show. Glad you're all with me today. Those of you that decided to come back, it's getting a little weird, I'm not going to lie. It's getting weird. But we keep it funky. If you'd like to call in, 608-501-0718 is the phone number to call. New callers will go to the front of the line, and we just so happen to have one of those new callers right now. Um, uh, new caller, what's going on? Yeah, this is Corey from Ohio, long time listener, first time caller. What up? We had somebody calling in asking for suggestions for a superhero name for Christian Watson. Yeah. How about Mach 3? Mach 3? He's fast and he's the third. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's true. One thing I don't like about Green Bay, every other team in the league... When it's third and 12, third and 10, they run around, they throw the ball to the sticks, right at the sticks. Green Bay, third and nine, third and 12, they want to throw the ball two or three yards and hope that a guy's going to break 19 tackles or come out with something miraculous to get the first down. The odds are against them. It's stupid. Change it. Mach 3 makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the things that I thought was hilarious, my... Um, Cousin's husband came up with it just off the top of his head. But um, our third child is Riley Grace. And just off the top of his head, he says RG3. So I forgot about it, but she is officially RG3. So I I get the Mach 3 thing. It makes sense. I I don't feel like it flows off the tongue. Like, let's go Mach 3. Kind of. I don't know. As far as the the down and distance thing, I've, I've definitely noticed that and my assessment of the situation is the Packers give up, which is a lack of confidence, right? I remember the Bears were doing that early in the season um, when it was, you know, it could be third and 20 or it could be third and five, seven, eight, nine. They would run the ball. They had no confidence in their ability to pick up anything throwing. And although it's maybe like a 5% chance of picking it up running, they still felt more confident doing that. And I think the Packers do the same thing. We throw the wide receiver screens, and I don't think we really expect them to get a first down at all. I think we're getting a high percentage completion with a high percentage chance of getting positive yards. I mean, it's no different than like a draw. You know you're going to get positive yards, and you're trying to get as many yards back as you possibly can, but there's really no expectation of a first down, which is, which is a problem. Especially now, we shouldn't be doing that. We have Watson with his speed. You've got reliable targets in Lazard and, and Randall Cobb and Tanya. At least in terms of, well, Randall's been having some drop issues, but generally speaking, reliable hands, reliable in terms of running the right route. Rodgers is a reliable quarterback, although he's having a, a somewhat of a down year. He's still mostly reliable to throw to the open guy an accurate pass. If there's any offense with Matt LaFleur, Rodgers, and his receivers that has the ability to 
try to get nine yards on third and nine. It was, and yet I have generally noticed a slight uptick in the amount of um, give up plays as opposed to, say, in the past, you know, when you got Rodgers and Devontae, there really just weren't give-up plays. You're always trying to get that first down. So we might even be closer to NFL average at this point. I don't know. But we're just we're certainly not used to it as Packer fans. In fact, let me look it up real quick. Let's, let's do um, third and 10 to 15, right? Third and 10 is, is manageable. I think beyond 15, most teams start to give up would be my assumption. My assumption. Third and 20, clearly you're kind of getting into, eh, let's just run a draw territory, depending on the situation, I guess. I don't know. We could get super in-depth about, you know, how much you're down by, and I have all that. You know, it could be first, second, and third quarter and score differential. This I'm just, I'm not going to. It's not that serious. Um, as far as quarterbacks, average throw depth on third and between 10 and uh, 15, Aaron Rodgers ranks 15th at 10.8 yards. Actually, you know what would be interesting is to find out at what point does the average throw depth drop below the the needed first down, you know, whatever? So, <laughs> just for fun, third and one, Rodgers has attempted 11 times. His average throw depth is 11.5 yards, which already is weird that the average throw depth on third and one is longer than on third and 10. Because this not is not necessarily a, a positive thing here. Sure, we're all tired of the 11-yard shots on third and one. But anyways, that's not what we're doing here today. Let's bump it out to six yards. Average throw depth is seven yards. Getting closer. At nine yards, the average depth is 10.3. It looks like at about third and 12. If you look at third and... So, come on now. Third and 10. Here we go. There's two little sliders that get really close to each other. At third and 10, the average throw depth is 15.5 yards. At third and 11, uh, sliding, 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 third and 11, the average throw depth is, why can I never find, it's the second from the end, you idiot, it's 15.5. So we throw deep on third and 10, third and 11. Third and 12, it drops to nine yards. And then at third and 13, average throw depth, there's only been two throws, average throw depth Negative six yards. Third and 15, there hasn't been a 14. Third and 15, average throw depth is two yards. So what did I say? Up to third and third and 12 is when we kind of... Third and 12, we're, we're kind of in the middle, right? It's like nine-ish yards, I think it was. And then at third and 13, it goes to zero. Like we're just, we're not trying anymore, which again, I think is, is kind of crazy. Let me um, Let me look at... This is taking way too long, but I'm actually really intrigued by this now. So let's just say third and 13 is officially giving up. I want to go through some other teams and see if that's kind of normal. Arizona Cardinals average throw depth on third and 13 is four yards. Actually, let's just do it this way since we're being very specific about it. Average throw depth. Um, so it's it's it varies. 12 yards and higher. You've got the Ravens, the Eagles, the Bears, believe it or not, the Rams... And this is this is based on quarterbacks, so there might be multiple teams. But Rams, Chiefs, Steelers, Dolphins, Broncos, Bills, Jaguars, Commanders, Panthers, Lions, Falcons, Buccaneers, and some of these are like one attempt. It's a weird yardage thing. Uh, let's do um, let's do this. Let's do between thirteen and fifteen. Aaron Rodgers is the one, two. Well, he ranks forty sixth out of fifty three. So it is one of the shortest passing attempts. The quarterbacks that are that are lower. Jameis Winston with the Saints, Brock Purdy with the 49ers. Obviously, that was just in this one game. Brett Rippian, John Wolford, 
Christian Kirk, which is a wide receiver, Malik Willis, and Sam Darnold. On the other end of the spectrum, Carson Wentz, average passing depth for the Commanders, 25 yards. Josh Allen with the Bills, 22 yards. Pat Mahomes with the Chiefs, 21 yards. Flacco, 20. Uh, Trubisky with the uh, Steelers had this six different times and averaged almost 20 yards per pass. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, 18.5 yards. Um, Mariota and the Falcons, 16 yards. Carr, 14.3. Geno and the Seahawks, 13.3. Dak, 13.3. Justin Herbert, 12.3. Kyler Murray, 11.2. Aaron Rodgers' average between, what did I say, 13 and 15 yards is negative two yards per attempt. Of the quarterbacks that have played a prominent role for their team, I think Rodgers is the only one. Again, Jameis, Brock Purdy, Brett Ripien, John Warford, Christian Kirk, Malik Willis, and Sam Darnold. None of those guys have played a significant period, uh, significant anything for their teams. If you say you need a minimum of three pass attempts, uh, then you look at average throw depth there, and Rodgers is dead last. The only other quarterbacks that exist that uh, still are in the negative is Davis Mills for the Texans, and Baker Mayfield for the Panthers. Everybody else is at least positive yardage. 28 out of 36 are at least 5 yards, including Justin Fields. Um, Let's see, 14, which is half, are at 10 yards. And then a minimum of 13 yards, you've got 10 quarterbacks. So yeah, the the Packers are pretty unique in the fact that, and, and again, we're talking like 15 yards at, at 10 or 11. So this, this must be a, a statistical thing for the Packers. They look at probabilities and everything else, and for some reason, when you get to 13 or higher, that's when they start calling the uh, wide receiver screen, this, that, or the other thing. So good question. Good call. I appreciate that. All right, Tom, what do you got for us today? I have to call in for a correction of the last call that I did. Okay, that sounds great. It's easy water. As I figured out while I was working, um, that there's a person that I do service for, and they have a whole entire stock full of them. Like I said, people, they have a favorite water. Me, I, I like smart water. Like uh, what? Because I'm a dumb person, and I'm like, ha it's ironic. So, smart water? Uh, I guess I'm going to say a question to go with this call, because not only is it going to be a correction call, but it can be another call. Smart um, water. Heck is smart water? Is, um, what's your favorite dog breed? Oh, and smart then water. follow up on that. I think I've seen that bottle shape. Maybe what it's a different water. What is your favorite thing about having a pet and least favorite thing about oh, having geez. a pet? Oh, jeez. And then next <laughs> follow-up question for that is, what's your favorite thing about having a child and least favorite thing about having a <laughs> Okay. Um, favorite dog breed has always been German Shepherd growing up. Uh, that's always been my thing. My mom had one. I mean, she had a lot of different dogs, but she had one when I was younger named Kelly, and I just thought it was the coolest dog. They look, um, they're like family-oriented, but they also look hardcore, and like they'll rip your face off, so I kind of appreciate that. Um, now that we have our own dog, I've realized that I've hated all, an- I hate animals. I used to be an animal lover. I hate animals. I can't stand it. I'm so sick of animals. Um, even worse than that, I'm, I'm becoming a cat person. We have neighborhood cats, and of course my family can't just leave them alone and just let them be uh, everyone else in the neighborhood's like, who's going to get rid of these cats? They're bothering us. And our family's like, here, kid, we're buying friggin' cat food and throwing. So now they basically live in our backyard. And now they've migrated into coming into our house. But here's the thing. When I go upstairs, 
because there's a there's a gate up. We have it for the little kid, but also we have a, a dog, which is good because the dog will literally kill that cat. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Our dog would kill the cat if he had the opportunity. He freaks out, but the cat comes in our house, and I go upstairs, and we got a dog barking and acting like a complete idiot, trying to eat things, and sw- he swallows, he eats socks, and then he throws up. He's like, oh, my stomach. It's like, yeah, because you're stupid. You're so stupid. You eat everything. Why are you an idiot? We're supposed to got an English Shepherd because apparently they're smart dog. I've never met a dumber dog in my entire life. He is an idiot. He's an idiot. And he is he's the biggest coward of any dog I've ever met in my life. And he, he, of course, masks it with bravado. So he's constantly, like, barking and acting tough and snarling. And it's like, it's just because you're a big coward and you're scared of everything. He, he, he won't pee when we take him outside because he's like, what was that? What was that? It's like, I'm going to punch you in the neck. So I'm not a big fan of dogs anymore. I don't like it. He's, and, and, and I think the, the reason is because I became a dad and now I have four kids, it's just there's constant things going on. There's always noise and helping this and help do that and do this and do that and blah, 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 blah. And they're just always so needy and got to do stuff. And, and now I just got another one and I don't have, this isn't even my kid. You're willing to do all those things for your kids because they're your kid. This isn't my kid. This is a freaking dog. And he's just, he's just a idiot and he's loud and obnoxious and he ruins things and I constantly have to follow him and baby him and do all these you know don't eat that put that down (sighs) so I don't care for dogs too much and if we ever did later in life maybe after the kids move out get a dog I would cave to what my wife wants and get like a Bashan or something like that Um, because I just want a stupid little thing that has no real capability of ruining anything but yeah, I mean, everything, every time we get something, it's always a problem. You know, oh, just get a rabbit. It'll be free, except for the part where, it, you know, it's going to be outside and it's a hutch. But oh, the hutch is, it's too cold. We got to bring him inside. And oh, now the hutch went bad and it's right. And now he has to live inside and we could potentially get evicted if they find out. But oh, well, we got to keep him inside because burp, 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 burp. I'm constantly just getting worked over with these animals, man. Promises and promises and promises. Oh, I'll take care of the dog. I'll take care of the rabbit. I'll do that. Da, 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 da. And they just ruin things and they cost money and they weren't supposed to cost money. But then you got vet bills and you got food bills. And then, of course, the the uh, because we're lazy, we got to, you know, rather than just getting cheap food, we have to buy these packages of organic uh, spring lettuce stuff for the rabbit. It's like, are you out of your freaking mind? Our rabbit eats organic food. It's just... <sighs> But anyways, the cat just lays there when you go upstairs. He's just laying, and, I'm, and I just, I see that, and it's like you are, in this moment, my best friend in this entire house. And I know that doesn't sound great with my family, but just to have somebody that's just laying there. They don't want anything from me. They don't even care that I'm there. They kind of just glance up at you like, what's up? And it's like, what's up, man? You just, you just laying there quietly? Like, yeah, dude, I'm just laying here doing nothing. Like, yes, thank you so much. Do you need something from me? Like, no, I, I don't need anything. I'd prefer if you leave me alone. It's like, oh, thank you. I will do that for you. I will leave you alone forever and never talk to you or interact with you if you'll promise to do that with me. Thank you. But even better than that is when he's out of my freaking house and not in my house. That's also awesome. But the best thing about owning a dog is nothing. The worst thing about owning a dog is everything. Best thing about kids is, uh, I mean, you know, they're they're your kids and they're, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain to. I mean, you have kids, but it's it's hard to explain to put into words. It, it's it's if you have kids, you already know. If you don't have kids, then I can't explain it to you. So there you go. Uh, the best and the worst aspects. In fact, there's no point in me saying the worst aspect because I can clearly put that into words, and it's just going to sound bad. 
And because they're not your kids, and, and I mean, I hated kids when I was, before I had kids. Like, they're just obnoxious and stupid. And they are, but when they're your kids, it's adorable whatever they do. Sometimes. Sometimes they're really obnoxious, but even that is nowhere near as bad as, um, you know, other kids. To kind of answer your question, I don't like animals anymore. I mean, I don't mind animals that are far away, like at a zoo, like in a cage. Like, oh, yeah, there's a monkey. That's cool. But if I ever had an animal, it would be one that uh, doesn't need anything from me, and that's none of them. A cat would probably be closest, but there's nothing... Cats are just kind of gross. I always hated going into people's houses and you could just tell they have cats because it stinks like cat. You know, it smells like kitty litter and cat pee. And it just always, I always associate it with like dirty people and just kind of gross. Then you got cat, plus I'm allergic to cats, so that wouldn't work. But And a goldfish, you don't have to do much but feed it, but it's just, why would I want a goldfish? What do I want? Why are you here? It's just, a, you're just giving yourself chores that, and you get nothing in return. I mean, when I go to work, I get a paycheck. The heck do I get from these animals? Nothing. So I'm done, man. I'm, I don't want any more animals anymore, ever. I'm over it. I don't want any more kids. I don't want any more animals. I'm maxed out, man. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Go, janitor. Hey, man. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? Yeah. So All right. It's uh, early Wednesday morning. Had a pretty rough night. I'm sorry. Figured I'd call in and vent about it. Sounds good. Um... Well, I'm not sure if you remember about my brother-in-law, Jets fan, right? Yeah. I mean, and uh, pretends to be a Vikings fan. So he's got Justin Jefferson on his fantasy team, rubs it in. Yeah, that guy. Okay. So, um, so last night, I wake up pretty early, so I go to sleep pretty early. Probably about 9.45. I'm sleeping. Get a phone call. Um... Well, I don't get the phone call. My wife gets the phone call. And uh, my brother-in-law's furnace blew up, and they're stuck everywhere. And uh, so she wakes me up and, and asks me to help, uh, go help him. Like, clearly, he's not going to call me, like, uh, directly. So, but who's she going to call, right? Joe's janitor. So, so needless to say... Spent uh, last night uh, dealing with that. You know, um, one thing I didn't have to deal with was my brother-in-law's mouth. He did not bring up football. Hmm. Oh, actually, he did mention how good Christian Watson was doing. There you go. I was going to say that. Didn't bring up anything else, though. So uh, I'll give him that. Um, See, I I, I don't know your brother-in-law, but I feel like that was a smart tactical decision. Because my advice to you was going to be to throw that in his face, that Christian Watson's better than Justin Jefferson and all that. It doesn't have to be true. All this trash talk is all short-lived stuff. That's the point. You, you, you just That's what I've learned from all the people that talk so much trash, is you just say what's immediately in front of you, and then when information changes, you just move on to the next thing and ignore it. That's, that's, if you're going to be a trash talker, that's what, and that's probably what your brother-in-law does. So just play his game. But he was smart enough to realize this is his one weakness, is Christian Watson. It's the one thing you can throw in his face. So he's going to get out in front of it and say, oh yeah, that Watson kid looks pretty good anyways. So it kind of diffuses your one main weapon. I think that was, I think that was a tactical move on his part. Still don't like the guy. Uh, but uh, regardless, I got a question. So I, thought- I would still lean into it though. 
um, because you still have it. He, he maybe diffused it to a point so that you can't just like drop that on him. Like, guess what? Here's like, yeah, I just, I literally just said he looks good, but you can still throw it in his face, right? You can still, you know, pull that out of your back pocket whenever you want. And same with Jordan Love. Again, small sample size, but it doesn't matter. It's trash talk. You don't have to have good information. You just need to have information. And the information is in in limited supply, Jordan Love and Christian Watson look great. So his trash team uh, better do something. You know, he said he's a fake Vikings fan. And the Jets, I mean, give me a break. But, um, yeah, man, just keep pulling that. It look, looks like the Packers are going to have another 15 years of elite quarterback to wide receiver play. Jordan Love to Christian Watson. That's your move. In, in my opinion, you do whatever you want. But I would advise you to just have fun with it rather than just taking his crap and stewing about it. Just keep throwing it back in his face. And the dumber he is, the dumber you should be. Just make up nonsense. Just nonsense. It doesn't matter. Jordan Love and Christian Watson, elite forever. So that uh, Jim Jim Liner not going to uh, go back to the Badgers. Yeah, gonna coach the bowl game and then that's it. So, um, what do you think about that? I'm sure you're gonna get questions about this one. But uh, Joe Barry has to go, and. I think it'd be nice to bring in uh, a little different type of coordinator, college level. Be interesting. It can't be worse than Joe Barry. I mean, this guy sucks. Careful saying stuff like that. We said the same thing at, uh, what was it, Slocum or whoever it was, and then we promoted uh, Drayton, and it got a lot worse, like historically bad worse. So be careful with the it can't get worse sentiments. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. I know there's probably going to be a bunch of defensive coordinators out there, but I'm, I'm just excited for them to fire Mary because uh, hopefully it happens sooner than later. The guy's trash. And, um, yeah, defense is pretty bad. So, Joe Barry, sorry, but you got to go. Oh, anyway. Appreciate the call, Joe. Yeah, so tomorrow's podcast is going to be, it's basically 100% focused on two guys, Christian Watson and Jim Leonard. Um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because, again, that's tomorrow's show, but also I'm guessing there might be one or two other calls about it, so I don't want to just unload all my thoughts. But I'll say my my general my general thought is I, I think it can work. I think he's largely got an NFL-based um, – defensive scheme he came up playing in the nfl now understand he is a mike petton guy he's he's a rex ryan mike petton guy at at his core now he's got some variations and clearly he's he's adapted and has uh, modernized it and all that stuff which is great but just to be clear that was the big knock on him last year when when we were talking about jim leonard is he's a rex ryan mike petton guy that's his his core um but ultimately, you know, when you look at it, and I kind of go through some of the different concepts or whatever that that he seems to to run, or at least that's the understanding. Um, it I, again, I come back to I don't really care um, about the scheme necessarily. I mean, it, it needs to be comprehensive and need to be able to work in the NFL. But beyond that, I need to know that he can get his guys ready to play. That's that's the biggest thing. Um, 
yeah, the scheme seems fine. I have a couple concerns, and there's also questions about his ability to adapt and be predictable, which is a Joe Barry issue. Um, I also don't want to get too high of expectations that he's this defensive wizard in college, and he's going to bring that here. I don't know that he's necessarily a defensive wizard. If you look at the Badgers record, if you look at some of the defensive performances, it hasn't always been great. Um, they've had some hiccups. They've had some issues, and I kind of go through that tomorrow a little bit too, um, just like anybody else. So don't want to set too high a standards. He's just a dude who runs a scheme and has a personality. And whether that scheme and his personality is going to jive with what we need here, uh, if it is, we hire him. If it's not, then we don't. That would be my general thought on that. Come on. So I touched on politics earlier in the call. Okay. I want to touch on religion with this call. Perfect. Um, my wife is a religious person. I am not. Um, However, there is times to where she sees the numbers, you know, the angel numbers. I don't know if you know what those are. The heck are angel numbers? Not, but quick little dive into that. Okay. Uh, numbers repeating in succession, they have meaning. Okay, we're good. So she's been seeing them okay. quite a bit. Uh, and I'm just curious if... Do you hold any merit no. to, and this isn't necessarily about religion, but do you hold any merit to coincidences in the universe, in the world, in life? Like if certain coincidences hit at the same time, just a thought. All right. Mike? I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there are coincidences, of course. I mean, are, are you asking is, is it... Would it be the case that there's no such thing as a coincidence? No, there are coincidences. I don't know what that has to do with numbers necessarily, but um, I mean, you'd maybe have to be a little bit more specific. But yes, there are such things as coincidences, and some things that appear to be coincidences are not coincidences. But that's about as much as I can elaborate on that with the information you've given me. All right, so one, uh, I don't know if we're going to be, this is, looks like a double call. All right, we'll do both of these, and then we'll take a break. Good morning, Ryan. Mike Hembreen, a.k.a. Packer Superfan. Hey, Mike. Hey, Ryan. I uh, just wanted to give you a call this morning and talk a little bit about the Packer defense and, and kind of the plan going forward. All right. Um, I think we're all in agreement that there's obviously something very broken with the defense. Right. Um, you know, I just, no matter no matter what you, how you analyze it, whether it's the player's, uh, whether it's the scheme, whether it's motivation, um, tackling, I don't care what the subject is when it comes to this defense. It all leads back to Joe Barry. Yeah. And, you know, and as far as responsibility goes. And so the question is, what do we do about it? Well, I, I see in the news last night that it turns out that Jimmy Leonard is not coming back to the University of Wisconsin. So I find that very interesting. So I'm I'm curious as to what that's all about. Uh, if he's just gonna, he just wants to have his options open. Um, obviously, he's probably got some opportunities in the college ranks. That's what he wants to do. Um, I understand all that. However, what does this Packer defense need? This Packer defense, more than anything else, I think we agree they have talent. Okay, uh, I think we're all in agreement with that. That we've got a lot of first round draft picks on that side of the ball. 
what is they what do they need? Is it the is it the scheme really? Is it the scheme? Yeah, you know, we don't like the fact that he plays off coverage a lot, uh plays too much zone, I get all that. But is that really what the problem is? When you watch this Packers defense play, what are they lacking? And I think a lot of callers have and you have touched on this many times. It, they just it's the want to. It's the absolute want to play. And it's the absolute want want to to go out and be physical and have an attitude and and play with confidence. And I just don't see any of that on this Packer defense. And I think it's something Jimmy Leonard can bring. And why can Jimmy Leonard bring that? Well, it's because Jimmy Leonard was a NFL football player. And NFL football players respect other uh, coaches who are NFL, were NFL players. It's just, it's just, it's just kind of a boy. It's just a, it's just kind of a club, and they 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 respect they all respect Jimmy Leonard because he played the position, uh, he played on defense, um, you know he's he's got the he's got the street cred I guess more than anything else, and it's about leading men, and it's about it's about attitude, and and I just don't see Joe Barry bringing any of that uh, to the table, you know, um, it just doesn't bring it, and if, if you want. A, a really good example of it. Look at Dion Sanders. All right, let's pick up the next one here. Sorry, Ryan, I got cut off. Obviously, I went over the limit here. I'll try to wrap up quick. So, Dion Sanders. So, Dion Sanders, obviously, very, very uh, famous ex-football player, cornerback uh, extraordinaire, Hall of Famer. Goes to a university down at Jackson State University that, that couldn't win a game to save their lives for years and years and years. Terrible program. And he's been there just a few years and they're playing for the national championship. They're playing for the national championship this year. Um, and looks like they're going to, I think right now they're like 11 and 0. And he's going to go, he's moving to the University of Colorado or uh, to Boulder, Colorado, to, to, to coach the, the Buffaloes. I want you to go check his YouTube. I don't know, maybe you've already seen this, of him meeting with the football team at in Colorado, uh, his first meeting, and, and it's his I'm coming speech. you got to go check it out on YouTube. This is a guy who is bringing the attitude. This is a guy who can lead men. That's the kind of coach we need. That's the kind of defensive coordinator this Packer defense needs. And I think Jimmy Leonard can be that. I think Jimmy Leonard can be that. Maybe he isn't going to be as demonstrative as Deion Sanders is. Maybe he's not as eloquent uh, in front of a room like Deion Sanders is. But please, go check it out. Go check out this YouTube of him talking to the his his uh, new team and about the expectations he has for them and the fact that he's coming and that he's bringing his luggage along with him and that he has expectations and they're going to do things a certain way, go check it out. It's, it's, it's exactly what the Packer defense needs. Anyway, uh, go Pack go. Yeah, I, um, it's, it's like I said before in terms of it's not all attitude just like it's not all scheme, there there has to be a, a combination of it. Um, the Deion Sanders thing is great 
but it's not going to work unless he has guys that can put people in a position to succeed. He needs to have a good staff around him that, you know, offensive, defensive coordinator or whatever. And, and he's, I mean, and I don't want to downplay his ability to game plan or anything like that. I have no idea what his abilities are in that, in that realm, but we all understand that his main function there is to be the, the main hype man and to get these guys believing and fighting, given 110%. It's an unbelievably important thing. It can't survive on its own. I mean, if anybody thought it could, he'd be an NFL head coach today, or he'd be coaching a, a bigger program than, than where he's at. But yeah, I absolutely think the Packers need that, I don't, and I think that's non-negotiable. And it, it's not easy. It's, it, you know, again, I think they thought they had that with Joe Barry. I mean, he's a high-energy guy. He's a guy that players generally really like and they want to play for and all that, but the players gave up on him. And I, and I really do believe that's, as I said, it can't survive on its own. I think they all bought in at first, but the results didn't follow. The, the, the results weren't there. The players were not in good positions. They were not performing at a super high level. And I think this year when it, it went to zero fat, they gave it another year to try it, expecting high expectations. And maybe part of that was our fault, saying they're going to be a number one defense. And they came out and got stomped by Minnesota. And Jair's upset because he wasn't playing man. He probably hated that plan going in. And then when they got cooked, he just really got ticked off. And then the whole D, de- it, just, it just fell apart. So it, it, even that, it's not as easy as saying, let's just go get a hype guy. I mean, you, you need that, but he's got to bring results fast. And, and the same thing with, uh, you know, whatever school you said he went to. The only reason it continued to work is because they were undefeated. And I've said that a thousand times. When, when you stay high like that, you, can, you, you stay playing at that 110%, well, well above your own capabilities. But wait for that first loss. Because very shortly after the first loss is going to come your second loss, and then your third, and then things start to spiral. That's part of what's so impressive about Detroit. He's kept them believing through all the losses. And I think part of it is because of his messaging. He never promised success. He promised growth. He promised commitment from him, as long as they would commit back. And so incremental growth is, is proof that the system is working. And now that they're going on this, this run, it was, what, a three-game win streak? And then in their fourth game, they beat the Jaguars like 40 to 17. The belief is at an all-time high because it's, it's actually, ha- and now it's just, it's just feeding on itself. And if you don't believe in Detroit right now, you're in trouble. Not because they're actually good, but they're at their peak in terms of a team that's going to come in and play out of their minds. They're still lacking in ability, but their belief is as high as or higher than any team that you'll find in the NFL. So yeah, we got to find that, but it's, again, it's easier said than done. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what our locker room would respond to. I don't know what they need. I don't know what they want. Do they want a uh, a former player, hard hit and safety? Like, uh, would, would would that resonate? I I would think that it would, but I guess I don't know. Maybe that's the perfect guy, Jim Leonard. He's he's the combination of you know a football player that knows what it takes to to get a locker room going and can relate to the players on their level, but also has the the acumen to get them in the right spot. I'm fine with it, but um, whatever the decision, my, my reaction will be, let's wait and see, because I don't know. That was my take with Pettin. That was my take with Joe Barry. That'll be my take with the next guy. But anyways, uh, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Uh, please check out fertilegroundranch.org. Please consider giving if you're able. Tom, if you have any more uh, questions about numbers and their sequence, I can give you my dad's phone number. <laughs> He's a better theologian than I am. But uh, no, I, I wouldn't put much stock in numbers in a row or anything. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All righty. So let's see here. It talks about politics, talks about movies, TV shows. Uh, hang on, that last one. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. When ever, let's say. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll do the little backstory for this. Okay. So whenever my wife talks to someone about her husband, me, yeah, uh, she always tells me what she says, and it basically falls on the line of this: you either love him or you hate him. There is no in between. And I take that with an ounce of pride and sadness. It's a weird combo. Regardless, the question that I have for you is: what does your wife? tell other people about you or what do you think she does because i get it straight from the source and i believe it wholeheartedly so one more question for that i don't i'm trying to think because she does tell me a lot of stuff but I don't think she tells me what she says about me to her friends which i probably should take as a bad sign because she tells me everything and so if she leaves that detail out of her conversations, it's probably not great. Um, but I don't know. What do I think she says about me? I, I feel like if she talks about me, it's more or less just like things that happened in the day. It's not like overarching, here are my thoughts on my husband and marriage. It's like, today I asked Ryan to take the garbage off five times, and he's not doing it. I don't think, she, she wouldn't even say that. I, I, I don't know. It would probably be more... I don't know, things that are going on that she wants to talk about. I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't, I don't need to know that information, to be honest. The less I know, the better. Leave it at that. 
follow up different topics just because and to be fair, I don't think she's trash talking me. I don't want to make it seem that way, but you know, it's it's at least not interesting. <laughs> Told me that you don't have a whole lot. That last six calls, I'm pretty sure I did like ten today, maybe even more. Okay. What is the worst drive-through experience that you have ever had in your life? All right. Bye. Drive-through experience. Um, I can't think of any terrible ones. I, I think it would just probably involve waiting a very long time and then getting the wrong food. And I can't even think of a specific time. I I know, for example, I went to the Culver's in town here the one time and they've got like this pickup thing where you call it in and then you sit there and they'll walk it out to your car. And I sat there forever. And then you call them and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's coming up any minute now. And you know that they just forgot and are cooking it in that moment. And then they bring it out in 30 seconds, and it's, and it's like, you could have done this a long time ago, couldn't you? Or it was just sitting there forever, and they popped it in the microwave or something. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, I don't I don't have, I, I don't think, maybe there is like a horror story. I, I can't think of any horror stories, though. But just, I don't, I mean, it's fast food. If I want to sit down and wait for a meal, I'll do that. I don't want to have to, and it does feel like it's getting worse. Is that just me? I feel like the service is getting consistently worse. The amount of times I've gone into a McDonald's and you got people that just blatantly act like they hate you and their job and everybody, and they just look at you like, what do you want? And they'll ask like, what can I do for you? And they'll kind of just look away and like, come on, hurry up. I just, I don't remember that being a thing when I was younger. You know, people tried. Hi, welcome to Burger King. Would you like to try one of our specials? No. Can you shut up and take my order? You know, I was like overly nice and like, don't smile at me. Okay, just take my order. Apparently, I should have accepted the smiling because now you just got people that just don't care. And are, I mean, I don't think there's any difference in the people from 15 years ago and the people now in terms of how they actually feel about their jobs. Just back then, they pretended to care. And now they make sure to let you know, I do not care. And if you're not worried about your food and how I prepare it, then I'm not doing my job in conveying this to you. Because you should be very concerned. Which apparently is, um, I've never actually gone to Chick-fil-A before. I've had Chick-fil-A many times. I've never actually been there. Apparently it's quite the experience, especially with people being nice. Which is a great, uh, it's a great plan. Because with as bad as everything is right now, as far as like employees acting like idiots, it's nice to pull in somewhere and they're overly generous. It's like, oh man, I forgot about this. People being nice and it's fast and efficient. This is crazy. Know what I mean? Hey, what's up, Ryan? Ryan Santos here. Hey. Um, you know, I was just thinking, I watched the uh, Tampa Bay and Saints game, and I was just amazed but not amazed at how Tom Brady led that, you know, game-winning drive and just how fluid and just determined Brady and his receivers. I mean, just the whole box of offense just, just – just seem, you know, you could just feel it. And I just thinking to myself, like, we just have not had that in so long. Yeah. In fact, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has ever really been that guy. He's had a couple game winning drive comebacks, but it's just, it just never felt like that. And Brady does it like clockwork, just time and time again. Just something about that man and something about what he does. It, it does feel different, right? I mean, obviously, People that would call you a liar would point to some of the big comebacks that Rodgers had. But even that, it was mostly, it just felt like Rodgers making magic happen. 
it never really felt like this offense that would not be denied. It felt like either Rodgers is going to make some kind of a magical throw to some guys who are getting stuff done down the field, or he's not and we lose. With Tom, it's, it is largely Tom, but it's not miraculous throws necessarily. I mean, he, he might have a deep shot down the field that he takes and, and whatever, but it's mostly just this offensive juggernaut led by Tom Brady that will not be denied. And they'll take their five, they'll take their 10, they'll do that, but they just consistently keep on moving. That's how, that's how it was with the Patriots and Tom forever. They're just an offensive machine that will not be stopped. It's, it, it's not even necessarily better or worse. I'm just saying it was, it's always been very different, and I, I understand what you're saying. Does for a team, and I was just thinking, just I was reading some Brian Gutekind's comments about not playing Jordan Love and sacrificing winning and whatnot, and I was just thinking to myself, like, what, what tells us that Aaron Rodgers, if he comes back next year, when he comes back next year, that he's going to take us to a Super Bowl? Like, what about anything he has done since 2016 run the table that makes us think that he has it in him? you know, to give us that edge or just to be the leader of the team that would take us there. And I, I can't think of anything. I mean, 2020 was our best chance, yeah. our best opportunity. And it just seemed like he fell apart. Like he mentally just checked out of the game and the same thing in 21. It was just like, I just, I'm the way I see it is, you've had multiple swings at this, multiple swings, and we have gotten – to so many NFC championship games have almost lost count. And it just seems like when it wasn't, it was the defense in the early 2010s. And then after that, it's just literally been a mixture of, you know, all phases of the game. But we, most of us can agree that Rodgers was probably in it, you know, like a big reason why we didn't make it to the, the big game. But I guess the question is like, like, what are your thoughts? I'm just, I know Rodgers isn't completely washed. I know the injuries play a part, and I know having the receivers play a part, but there's just something about Rodgers that just tells me that like he just he doesn't have that fire. We can say he's tough because he's fighting injuries and he's competitive. All athletes are competitive. I work with retired NFL players right now. They're all they're competitive at office stuff. Doesn't mean anything. This is it's in their nature. You may be competitive, but can you compete? Can you lead a team to compete? And I just don't think Rodgers has that in him anymore. And I'm. I would much rather just see what Love can do. If he takes the field and he inspires his team to play harder and his play on the field is better than Rodgers, you know, or even if it's at the same level, but he can bring that emotional aspect, you know, that, that intangible aspect to the team. There's the three-minute mark. Uh, let me just butt in here. I kind of talked about this last night a little bit. I think it was last night um, in terms of running it back. What are we running back? Right? Again, I don't want to just assume things. And one of the things that keeps getting assumed is, you know, if we if we move forward with Jordan Love, we're giving up. And we're, we're rebuilding and we're shutting everything down and we're going to suck in hopes that we'll be good in, in like three, four, five years. Are, are you implying that the alternative is we bring back Rodgers and somehow we're good? Because if that's the case, you have to explain to me why we're not good right now. Right. And again, there's just a lot of assumptions. Well, Rodgers is just having a down year because of an injury. Okay. What about the defense? Well, that's that's Joe Barry's fault. And if we fire him and bring in somebody else like Jim Leonard, then it's fixed. Okay, that's a wild assumption, but okay, that that's fine. Um, what about the receivers? 
Well, Christian Watson's a freak. Is he going to stay that way? Of course. What about, is that it? No, no, Dobbs is going to be great. You know that or you're assuming that? Oh, I, I, it's, I'm, I'm assuming it, but it'll be fine. Okay, what about Lazard and Randall? Are they coming back or like what What are we doing? What about, is, is Aaron coming? You know, I mean, there's just, there's so many questions that don't bring me back to, if we just run this exact same scenario back, we're Super Bowl contenders. So if we assume that we're not Super Bowl contenders, then what are we doing? We're, we're, we're bringing Rodgers back for two years for what? Slightly better passing on a bad season? I don't understand the point. What is the long-term vision of this? Well, he's a better quarterback than Love. So what? So what does that mean? Well, you play your better quarterback. Do we have a goal to fix this or not? Because that's not a goal to fix this, to turn this around, to get us back to the Super Bowl. That's none of that. That is just Rodgers is better, and so we're going to play him for the next two years. That doesn't address anything else. Because in every other facet, when you talk about trying to turn this team around, getting rid of Rodgers, which is a, a terrible way to, to phrase it, but moving on, is usually going to be the better recourse. And it's not just Rodgers, it's a lot of guys. I mean, we have to start focusing on something better. If you can, if you can convince me somehow that next year we can and will be contenders, but only with Rodgers, I will listen. But I'm telling you, that is a massive uphill battle for you to convince me of those two things. Again, one, that we will be contenders, and two, we can only do it with Rodgers. You have to be able to prove both of those things for any of this to make sense. If you can't, then we should not be trying to hold on. Now, again, we may not have a choice, but if it was up to us, what you did, I mean, it, I, I'm, you got the number, 608-501-0718, make the case. And I'm not saying it can't be made, but you have to just make a massive amount of assumptions that I don't know I can follow you with. I never had a uh, permanent voicemail cut off on me, so <laughs> I took way too long to say that. So I'm just going to leave it at that, and, uh, you know, you, your thoughts, man. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, so th- that's that's my thoughts. And, um, you know, I, I, I hate to be so cold about it, you know, and I think that is the, the objection a lot of people have is, is how Rodgers is being treated and how I'm talking about Rodgers after all he's done. There's no doubt about that. But I, I, I want things to end on a positive note. And in the, the best possible way for it to end on a positive note would be for him to choose to retire so that we can remember him as an all-time great that gave it his all until the very end. And he, he went out. You know, when it was just, just wasn't really there anymore. He went out at a good time. You know, the team was rebuilding and everything else, and it'll just be great. I don't want him to keep coming back, and we continue to see flaws, and we continue to to point out bad, because I'm going to have to. If he's doing it, I have to say it, and I don't want to. I don't want to trash Rodgers. I don't want to talk bad about Rodgers. I want to say good things and have good memories. So why don't we just call it a career? I'm very happy for what Rodgers did in the past. That has nothing to do with me want, my decision on, on whether or not I think he should be back next year. Zero. And a lot of people want to make that case. How dare you? Look what he's done over his career. That has nothing to do with 2023. Well, look how good he was last year and the year before, back-to-back MVP. That has nothing to do with next year. And by the way, he should not have won it in 2021. 
I've said that before, and I will continue to say it a thousand times. He was good in 2021. He should not have been MVP. But either way, I mean, if how does 2020, how is that supposed to dictate to me what next year is supposed to be, but 2022 is not? Like, I want you to look at two years ago and not look at this year and then reevaluate how you feel about Rodgers. I mean, I can, but why would I do that? That doesn't make any sense. All right. Uh, I am currently doing a semi-half-serious rebuild of the Texans on Madden. Okay. Uh, You can follow the exploits on Twitch at capital T. Okay. Lowercase Austin, 17. Uh, Streaming throughout the month. And I want one player from about two years past this year, so keep this in mind. Give me a player to add to my team. I don't care who it is. Just give me a player. The moment that I hear you say their name, I'm going to go and try to trade for them or try and pick them up on free agency. And hopefully they're not retired. So give me like three people. Like your first option, second option, third option. All right. Bye. So I'm not going to lie. I was kind of looking up your Twitch. So I think I missed. You want me to just name any player and you go get them? Assuming this is you, T. Austin, seventeen fifty-one followers, streaming uh, Madden and Smite. All right, three players. I mean, it, I don't. I feel like I'm, I, I don't know. Can you just get anybody? Am I going to mess up your salary cap? Uh, all right, off the top of my head, uh, T. Higgins, Jonah Williams. <laughs> I'm really just trying to like. You ever do that thing where your mouth just starts making noises and you're trying to? It's like Rashad White. Running back for Tampa Bay. I knew the name. I wasn't sure exactly where he played. So Jonah Williams, Rashad White, and T. Higgins. It's all offense. It was just wasn't intended to be. It's just the first three names that came to my head. Why? I don't know, man. All right, we'll do one more Thomas Austin, and then we will uh, get out of here. What team could benefit from having a full-blown rebranding? Oh, that's easy. Sort of like what the Rams did recently by moving to L.A. and the Raiders going to Las Vegas. Yeah. What, what's another team well, that could do a nice two benefit from that it? Come to mind. And then where would they go? What would their name be? Because keeping it the L.A. Rams from the St. Louis Rams, from the L.A. Rams, eh, it's a little boring. I want a full-blown, like... To be fair, there were the L.A. Rams before there were the St. Louis Rams, but, you know. Texans go to, I'll keep it in Texas, why not? Go to Austin. Austin seems like a uh, more marketable place than Houston anyway. You would. And then, I don't know, the the Alamo, Austin Alamo, draft house. Sorry, my brain had a little connection there. It happens. Anyway. Love to hear your thoughts. Happens to me all the time. So the two teams that come immediately to mind, and there might be more, but I'm not going to go through the whole NFL. Um, The first one that came to mind is the Browns. Um, I understand that there's there actually is a decent amount of history there, but that team is is a poverty franchise. It's trash. The name doesn't make any. I mean, it does make sense, and I get it, but it doesn't make sense. Um, The fact that your your colors are orange and your team name is the Browns and your like your mascot is a dog, which doesn't make any sense. Um, the fact that your franchise is garbage, and also the fact that you you know brought in Deshaun, which is a terrible PR thing. I, I just feel like 
if you can peel yourselves away, maybe wait until the Deshaun thing is over. And if you become, do essentially like what the Texans did, or excuse me, the Titans did. I mean, they used to be the Houston Oilers, and they are now the Tennessee Titans. There's no remnant of that. What's like? I I just said Texans. I forgot it was the Titans. Blanked because there's just a. There is no nothing to trace them back. So it's like you know, twenty years from now, people are talking about the Browns and this garbage organization, and they're going to be in the midst of picture the thirty-two teams being there. You're going to have the one team that used to be the Browns sitting there going, "Oh yeah, it's crazy. Can't even imagine." Right? Nobody even recognizes them. As far as where they should go, a lot of people talk about San Antonio. That just seems to be a big one in terms of like where an NFL team would go next. There's a couple options, but that one I keep hearing about. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you got the Alamo, right? But I don't think Alamos would be great. Plus, um, as much as that's a historic thing, I remember being in school and finding out that the people in the Alamo died like it, you, you always just assume like, oh, the Alamo, they retreated back to the Alamo. And it's like, and then they, they held strong and that's where they took their last stand and they fought off the enemy. It's like, oh no, they, they all died for sure. But you know, still like they, they retreated and, and held strong for a period of time. Although, um, reading about it, cause I haven't even really thought about Alamo for a long time. Apparently that was a big part of the reason the uh, Mexicans lost. Because I guess the general was a total D-bag and decided not to take prisoners and to kill everybody. And then a bunch of Texans are like, all right, you know what? Screw those guys. And within a month, uh, ended up winning. The Battle of the Alamo ended March 6th. April 24th, 4th, uh, 21st of that same year ended the rebellion in favor of the newly formed Republic of Texas via Wikipedia. I keep calling them Texians. Is that like a thing back then or have I just been saying Texans wrong this whole time? The heck is a Texian? Texians were Anglo-American residents of Mexican Texas and later the Republic of Texas. Whatever. What were we talking about? Oh, t- uh, team name. Um, I don't know, man. What's an unclaimed animal? What's an animal in San Antonio? Coyotes? I'm just saying. They have coyotes there. All right, chill out. Armadillos. Be a stupid name, but you can go with that. Six species of mice, five species of bats, foxes, coyotes, deer, and raccoons. Armadillos and collared peccaries are sometimes observed. Problem is San Antonio just kind of do rattlesnakes. I mean, the whole name, you know, San Antonio rattlesnakes, it's, it, it doesn't flow. But rattlesnakes are, are pretty hardcore. There's just not a lot of snakes in sports either. There should be. I don't know why there's no snakes. Let's go with rattlesnakes. Again, it doesn't flow, but I don't care. That's what we're doing. San Antonio rattlesnakes. Anyways, uh, why don't we go ahead and leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.